Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, I want to touch base on a little topic here, which is the evolution of my shop slash storage. I say shop slash storage because a lot of people use these terms loosely and interchangeably. You know, they call their their home garage their shop. They call storage their shop. Versus like an actual shop shop, like, you know, like um, some place that you're paying rent for, you have property and there's a like a structure, a building on a piece of property with potentially, you know, parking lot or parking area like that. That's what really people deem as like a quote unquote shop because it's not a storage unit or storage. Of course, it's a, your shop is a place where you store your stuff, your equipment. But I mean, you could have an office in your shop, a break room, you know, things like that for your shop, obviously places to park outside your shop, you know, um, places to park, you know, like the employee vehicles, put places to park the, the work vehicles, all, you know, trailers, all that stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's typically when you say a shop, that's what you envision because it's, it's kind of like a, a separate standalone property. It's not a storage unit. It's not your home. Some people build a shop like on their home property, but it's not their house. Their house isn't also their shop. Their garage could be their shop, but some people actually build like a separate, you know, fixture, you know, pole barn or whatever, some sort of structure to be their actual shop where they use exclusively for work, you know, whether that be mechanic, you know, um, uh, wood woodworking, you know, building things, you know, lawn and landscape, all that kind of stuff, hardscaping and so on. But like I said, of course, people call their home garage their shop. It's double duty. You know, there's, you know, there's there's personal things in there as well, whatever, you know, bikes, things like that. Um, you know, and then storage is probably the in-between spot. You know, like I, I kind of feel like storage is that transitional um, location for for a lot. For some, it's it's or for for others, it's you know, that's that that's their their only need is storage, like myself. So some people go from their home garage to a shop to a, I mean a storage and then to a shop, uh, and I'll give you an example of that. A local friend of mine, peer uh, and mentor um, in a lot of ways, and has a a, a nice sized business growing. Hopefully to get him back. I'll hopefully be getting him back on the podcast again to recap. And he's been on the on the podcast many times to, and we've kind of documented his growth along the way. There's always something fun and new and exciting to talk about and numbers to go over every year. Uh, usually we usually get together like at least twice. I feel like it's been, you know, every year, every season, uh, maybe beginning and, and middle or beginning and end or whatever. But so he, he's, he's an example of that transition as well. I'm the example of going from my home garage to a storage unit, and there's plenty of people that have just stay in their garage. If you're a solo owner operator, it's very easy, depending on where you live anyway, to just work out of your garage. If you don't work anywhere, um, what am I? If you don't work anywhere, <laughs> I got distracted. Sorry, I got a, got a text there. My bad. Got to put my phone on silent there, but um, or do not disturb. Um Depending on where you live, you know, if, if you live in a neighborhood, is what I was trying to say, if you live in a neighborhood like an HOA, homeowner association, they have a lot of strict rules. Like you can't have trucks, trailers, boats, campers, things like that, like parked in front of your house or in your driveway or on the street or anything like that for any length of time, you know, moving trucks, nothing like that. It's got to be temporary. Of course, if you're moving in and out of your house, you know, a couple of days, however long that takes, if you're 
you know, loading up your camper or you're getting, you know, loading up, loading or unloading your trailer, stuff like that. Right. You know, that's, that, that's usually just takes a day or two and, and that's fine. But I mean, you can't just keep it parked there all day, every day or overnight every day or whatever the deal is. Um, according to most, most HOAs anyway, I'm sure there might be different rules for different ones and maybe some are more lax, you know, than, than others. But from my experience here in my area anyway, and from other folks that I've gotten to know over the years through social media and other parts of the country as well, that's kind of a common occurrence for those cookie cutter, you know, neighborhoods, you know, with the sidewalks and all the houses look similar and the mailboxes all match and you have all these rules and regulations. You've got a clubhouse and a pool and all these amenities you pay, you know, you know, your, your, your yearly fees or whatever it is, and you have to follow all the rules, you know, um, there's job security there because, you know, one of the rules is you can't let your grass be overgrown. Like you have to mow your grass regularly. You know, they don't say it has to be every week, could be every two weeks, whatever. It just has to be regularly. It can't just be this overgrown lawn. Um, otherwise you get letters and then fines. It, it also has to be watered. You can't just let it dry out to a crisp so that you don't have to mow it. And it, cause the whole point is, you know, the HOA is is a business, really. They want people to live in, in, in all of the houses in the HOA because then they all pay their dues, which then goes to the HOA and everyone gets paid. That's a part of that. So, of course, they want to keep attracting people. And, and if it is an ugly lawn, as you know, that's probably not the most attractive thing in the world to see when you're looking for a place to live. Um, you know, the house could be beautiful, but if it's sitting on a bunch of nasty, you know, weeds and whatever overgrown or dried up and, and all that stuff. So anyway, that's good job security for lawn care, because if you're, you have a lot of those neighborhoods, you know that those people are, are going to have to at least have people come out and cut their lawn every couple of weeks. But in most cases, people are, are trying to keep up with the Joneses, keep up appearances. They're usually nicer neighborhoods, nicer houses. You know, some people, some neighborhoods, a lot of people have pools, things like that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, that it, it, it's something where the grass is going to be in nicer shape. People want to take care of it, want to look good, want to show off for their neighbors and their you know, visitors, people that come, you know, for holidays or just whatever, you know, book club or, you know, uh, poker night or whatever the deal is. Um, you know, and they want their lawn to look nice and well maintained. So that's going to be a weekly thing. You know, most likely you're fertilizing it, all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of job security there as well. Um, but you know, like I said, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of rules. So if you live in that HOA and you have a lawn care landscape business, you can't keep all your stuff there regularly. I know because I lived in an HOA and, and that, that was the case. I kind of, I kind of got away with it because I was backing my trailer into the garage and unhooking it and then pulling my truck forward and it stayed in the driveway. And then, you know, we'd close the garage. So really you know, no harm, no foul, right? You can park whatever you want in your garage because no one sees it, right? Um, but you can't keep it in your driveway. So I got away with it. My neighbors, I lived on a cul-de-sac, so it wasn't that bad. Fortunately, all my neighbors on that circle were pretty cool uh, with it. You know, they even helped me get some customers, things like that um, when I first started out. But I, I just didn't want to take that for granted. And I also just didn't really want to, you know, as, as I grew and I wanted to start having employee, you know, get, get enough uh, accounts to have employees and start offering more services, get more equipment, bigger equipment, all that stuff. You know, I knew, I knew that I was one going to quickly and eventually outgrow my garage. And two, I just kind of wanted to separate that. I wanted to have that personal space in our garage, you know, like it was, it was tight. Cause you know, we had all of the kids bikes and random toys and whatever, you know, like 
shelving units for different things, cleaning supplies, tools, you know the deal. Your garage is just your garage. It's just kind of the catch-all for all kinds of stuff. My wife couldn't park in the garage. It was technically, I believe, a two-car garage, but really it was just a one-car garage. You know, I kind of backed my trailer right into the middle of it because there was stuff on both sides that, you know, I, I, at one point I had like a uh, some workout equipment, like just all kinds of stuff, you know. And then, then you got the water heater awkwardly placed and some stairs on the other side awkwardly placed. So, I mean, it's say a two-car garage, but I mean, really, it's kind of like a, a one tiny car or a, a one-and-a-half-car garage, right? Like a one normal-sized vehicle and one little baby vehicle, like a Mini Cooper or something, you know, or a smart car or a motorcycle, like, because you got all these random obstacles. So, it wasn't even really, you couldn't utilize it that well anyway, but I, I backed, you know, the trailer in the middle and, and it was kind of crammed everywhere around it. So you couldn't really navigate anything or get anything in out of there. But, but again, that was only overnight and on the weekends, if I wasn't working on the weekends, it would just be sitting in there, uh, parked in there. And then if I needed to work on anything, I would just pull, pull it out you know, hook up my truck and pull the trailer out of the garage so that I, or at least enough so that I could put the tailgate down take the mowers out and, you know, work on stuff like whether it's changing blades or oil, all that kind of maintenance stuff. So, you know, like I said, that, that worked well for me on a budget, starting out, trying to grow my business by myself. And, you know, we were, we, we were able to do, to utilize that, to do what we, what we had to do, do what I had to do. And, and like I said, my neighbors were, were uh, very gracious and I was appreciative, but I want, I wanted to have that separation and I knew I was going to outgrow it eventually anyway. So, and the catalyst to that was we were moving out of the townhouse that we were renting because we had moved down to Virginia from the state of New York, a whole nother, you know, also part of my backstory there. Um, but n now, so we moved from upstate New York, like Albany, I'm from Albany, New York, um, to down here to central Virginia, AKA Midlothian, Richmond, this whole area. A whole another reason, why, a whole another story of why we did that. Again, also part of my story, not not part of this one, but um, we you know we knew that we wanted a house eventually, but we moving down here like that that like that we wanted to have just just rent you know and kind of get familiar with the area you know get the kids in school and making friends and just kind of focus on that and you know start to think about a house and what, what part of town and neighborhoods and part of the school district that we actually want to live in and, and things like that. Cause you know, you don't really, you don't know anything about anything when you're, when you're uh, moving from another state like that. I mean, we knew some people from, from this area and we came and we visited a couple of times and we were like, all right, this is where we want to, you know, we looked for some places to rent and, you know, and we, we, we made the, made the call before our kids got too old, like, you know, uh, old enough where they'd be, detached from their, or, or, um, you know, like really missing their friends and stuff like that. We wanted to do it while our children were, were young enough that it wouldn't hopefully impact them as, as much as if they were older and things like that while it was under our control. Right. So people don't, don't have that, that those options, you, they just have to move and they have to move things like that. But we had those, that choice. So we wanted to, to utilize that. So we, we did. And so we wanted to get a house eventually anyway. So the catalyst to all of this that I said is, we finally got a house. So we were moving out of the townhouse, which is where I was backing my truck and trailer up and everything and working out of, um, <clears throat> you know, I kept some spare equipment in there too, like stuff that I didn't necessarily need in my trailer, like, like an aerator, you know, walk by an aerator. I only needed that a couple months out of the year. So the whole rest of the year, you know, 10 months of the year was just shoved in the corner, you know, like again, taking up more space in the garage. So, um, but anyway, we were moving into a house and I didn't want to start off with new neighbors, 
you know, running my lawn care business out of my garage. I, I didn't want to make that impression. Uh, I all, you know, probably wouldn't have been a big deal, but I, you know, you don't know your neighbors until you, you you move in and get to know them. So I just didn't want to, I wanted to have the best first impression. Um, also I wanted to have a garage for personal and I wanted my wife to be able to park in the garage. That's what it's for. So, um, so I, you know, that, that was like over the winter that, it, that, that this was all going on. Uh, we didn't move over the winter, but like prior to moving, you know, I was thinking about all this and I was doing a lot of research for storage areas locally and just trying to figure that out. Um, and <clears throat> I ended up, uh, well, let me just back up for a second and say, <clears throat> going from your garage to storage, I think is the natural next natural evolution because, you know, to rent, depending on the size, obviously of the storage unit and the storage facility themselves, they all have different pricing and, or if you're just going to get a parking space and all that stuff, all those prices are different, but you know, on average, like you're paying like, you know, 75 to $105 or whatever for a parking space or a large, um, you know, storage unit to put all your stuff in all your equipment, everything in there. So <clears throat> if you just need one of those, that's, that's pretty good. You know, that's, that's a, not all that much a month, you know, when you're on a budget and you're first starting out versus like, if you have a shop, it's probably a couple of thousand a month, you know, or a thousand a month or whatever, plus all your utilities, you know, if there's electricity and if there's water and all that kind of stuff. So that adds up quick. You know, that's like, that's like a, a you know, like a, another house payment really, you know, cause it's a store, it's storage, depending on how big and what the setup is, you know, it can def definitely be pricey. So you want to make sure that you have uh, a big enough profitable business, you know, with enough revenue to be able to absorb those expenses and actually need, you know, to, to use that space in order to be more profitable and generate more revenue and so on. So, um, I, I just think going from your house garage to a shop, you know, is, is, is a little bit of a stretch depending on your situation. I mean, if your business exploded, and you need all that space and there's no real storage facilities around you that can really accommodate that. Like they don't have any parking spaces for your trucks and trailers, you know, their units are too small or whatever, or the, and, or they have different restrictions. Some storage units are more, more, um, strict than others. You know, they don't want this and that and whatever, you know, they just want people storing stuff, not equipment and, oh, you're going to spill oil. You're going to get grass everywhere, this and that, like, Everything's going to stink and dirty. And like there's unfortunately a stigma when it comes to um, lawn and landscape. And, you know, not, not everybody feels the same way about it. So I just know from also from um, other stories from other people that that's just the case, unfortunately. But so I, for me, um, my, my next evolution was to go to a storage unit and there's not really any shops or shop type areas around me anyway. Um, though I have recently started to discover a couple of miscellaneous ones just based off of talking with some peers and mentors, but I don't, I don't need a shop, but you know, it's good to have all your options and know, because sometimes it's cool to have like an, an, an office space attached to like, a you know, in your shop or your shop or whatever, like, cause you know, like over the years when I'm interviewing folks for, for the position, it's like, oh, let's meet at Starbucks down the road or let's meet at my truck. Or and then, it's, you know, then you hire them and you're doing paperwork in Starbucks or paperwork in your truck. And, you know, just it, of course, that's fine, you know, but it, as you grow and you're doing this a lot and you have, you know, multiple crews, it's kind of, in my opinion, it's not the most professional 
vibe and, you know, to have a, a location, a place where you can have some sort of an office space or that you can either make, you know, kind of makeshift make in the storage facility or in your shop or it already is attached to it or comes with it or is close by, then that's pretty cool. So I didn't have any of that for a long time. And I just did the whole thing, Starbucks, you know, my truck, whatever, like, you know, I, I just did the best that I could. And I always felt like maybe that was contributed to me having issues uh, finding, you know, employees that wanted to take this job seriously as like a real job and not just some chuck in the truck. Yeah, I'm just cutting grass, you know, whatever. And I'll just come and go and I feel like it like, you know, I want them to feel like this is a real professional job. Yeah, at the end of the day, we're cutting grass, but, you know, I still want it to be professional for the customers, professional environment for the whole, for all the, the for the team, you know, for me and the employees and, every, and, and everyone uh, that that's a part of doing all the work. Um, you know, but of course you have to kind of do it in stride. You have to do it in relation to the size of your business. And and if you can't afford to just jump into a shop just to have all that professionalism and ease of this, that, and the other thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it and go in debt or go broke or whatever. So, you know, storage is usually the way to go. And that's, that's what I've been doing this whole time. Granted when I first, uh, or, or not when I first, not too long ago, I'd, I'd say, Maybe it's going on uh, two years, maybe, but it's definitely more a little more than a year in office space. Um, some of you already know me saying this before. There's an office space called Gather that opened up here, like literally right next to the storage unit, a ton of parking. It's great. So now, um, you know, you can either rent an office or you can just pay the monthly membership to use, you know, the office space, like the conference rooms, this podcast studio that I'm in right now. Coincidentally, they have one. Not all locations around um, the Richmond area have a podcast studio, but this one does. And it happens to be the one right right, ne right next to my storage and, you know, right in the middle of my stomping ground. So it's really convenient. They're, they've got a mail room so you can get all your mail here, you know, with a business address instead of a, your personal address or a P.O. box or whatever is an actual physical street address with a suite number and Again, adding to the more, adding to the professionalism. Um, they've got a full kitchen. So if you need to take your break here, you know, um, you and, and your guys or girls or whoever, you know, or just you, you can come heat up your food here instead of going to 7-Eleven or something. Um, you know, and they've got tons of booths and table, tabletops, you know, high, t high tops, all types of variety, like, like the whole Panera you know, Starbucks type vibe where you can sit down and talk with folks or you, you know, for an interview or whatever, or you, or to just eat uh, lunch. Uh, they got coffee machines, refrigerators, all that stuff. Cause all the people that are here using the offices, you know, it's, it's kind of like there's, it's, it's like, it's like working in an office building, but it's instead of an office building for one company, it's an office building for entrepreneurs or for people that work for other companies that, <clears throat> just don't have their own space, you know, whether it be like real estate agents, accountants, bookkeepers, like all, you know, like uh, web designers, you know, tech, tech folks, like, um, <clears throat> what else? Um, financial, you know, consulting, like all, all the, you know, typical like office type work, you know, careers, employee, employees, employers, all that is, is what, what fits well in this kind of an environment. You know, they, they need an office for meetings. There's Oh, like I said, all these conference rooms to have meeting space, all different sizes. Um, I, I use the smaller ones to do um, paperwork for for new hires and training and things like that. I usually just do interviews at the booths and stuff over in the corner off to the side. 
but you know, this, this, this really opened up a lot of opportunities for me and allowed me to step things up on a more professional level. It was a lot more organized. Don't have to worry about all the distractions of going into a Starbucks and all the people coming in and out and everything. It's just a, a, a different vibe, a different environment. So I pay the monthly, monthly uh, membership fee versus, you know, I don't, I don't actually need a physical office. So this is office space I can use and it's great. You know, I don't go to work every day and head to the office and do whatever and then go cut grass. Like I can do that at my home office, you know, in the morning before I leave for the day, I can make sure all my jobs are dispatched on service autopilot. You know, if there's any issues I have to follow up from the previous day or night, you know, or <clears throat> first thing that morning, sometimes I get an email, you know, from someone and I just have to tweak something or send something out to them or whatever. You make an adjustment to the schedule and so on send out quotes or follow up on quotes. I can do all that first thing in the morning before I head out for the day at my home office. And then I head out, pick up the guys, and then we cut some grass and make that cash. But um, we do that out of storage. So back to that, that, back to the evolution, I was looking around for all these different storage units and there's just quite a few in my area, but the one that's right here now next to gather the office space and right next to the self-service car wash and all right next to the, which is also right next to the uh, quick oil change place, which comes in handy for my work trucks, um, which is also right next to uh, Kanabi Outdoor Power, my equipment dealership. So I've literally walked, you know, through the through the grass, you know, through these these couple of spots right over to Kanabi to grab something or pick up something, ask a question, or if I need to drop off a mower or pick up a mower, I've literally just ridden it around the corner, you know, just, um, on the, on the main street and then dip right back into, to Kanabi or the other way back into storage without having to load up the trailer and just to go right around the corner. So, um, it's very convenient from a location standpoint. And all of these things are centrally located to our service area, which is also another main point. And this is not the cheapest storage unit. Like there were some other storage units that were cheaper, but they were further away from everything, further away from my house, further away from our service area. And it was kind of sketchy, to be honest. There's a lot of other lawn and landscape trailers there. And, you know, no offense, but, you know, that that can sometimes breed more opportunistic situations where if you don't have your equipment locked up or whatever, some things could potentially happen, you know, because um, there's going to be more uh, attention or more... um intent or whatever, like the average person could care less about, they don't even know necessarily what a backpack blower or a trimmer is or know how much it can go for, you know, if, if they try to, you know, bootleg it or whatever, like, um, they're just doing their own thing. But the other lawn and landscapers, you know, it can, it might even just be the companies themselves could be the random employees that they have that might be stealing from them or trying to steal from them or whatever. Like who knows? They could be just, you know, eyeballing your stuff and be like, Hmm, Oh yeah, look, this isn't locked up. Let me just grab this real quick. And you know, whatever, like, so it was just a little sketchy to, to, too many people there, you know, crowded. I didn't really get good vibes from the, from the management, you know, there. So why go through all that just to save however much, like it wasn't an astronomical amount that, you know, of a, of a price difference. So in my opinion, why, why do that just to save a, a couple of bucks or whatever it was, I would rather pay more like everyone else in the world does for convenience. That's that convenience is the number one way to pay uh, um, a number one thing to pay for. Like, 
if you can provide convenience, salt, which is like solving people's problems, ultimately, that's, that's, you know, textbook entrepreneur, that's entrepreneurship 101 and people will pay, you know, for you to solve their problem. Obviously you got to find the right people, you know, and some people just want to pay 25 bucks to get their grass cut. And that's, that's, those days have, or should be long gone, you know, unless it's like a super itty bitty lawn and, you know, you're a high school kid or something with a 21 inch mower, but, you know, even still you should be charging more than that, you know, like, but, um, so you want to stay away from those people, um, and, and find the people that really appreciate the value of the convenience that you're offering to cut their grass and keep it looking real nice and stand out in the neighborhood and, you know, keep up with the Joneses and, and just make them feel good about themselves and all that kind of stuff. So I also, you know, I, I understand that and I am willing to pay for convenience as well. Like the membership to the, uh, to gather the, you know, um, office, the shared office space and the storage unit that is, uh, close right to everything right here. Boom. And the, the folks here are really nice. The storage unit, they let me use the, the water to, you know, um, to fill up my backpack sprayers, my spreader sprayer. Cause you know, the tanks aren't huge. It's not like I'm rolling up with like a 200 gallon tank in, in the back of my truck or something like that. That would be a little bit different. And I was filling it up like every day or something like I'm some big commercial spreader, you know, um, fertilization, weed control company, you know, I don't have that many accounts where I need that, that kind of setup, but and even if I did, it'd probably be, I'd only fill it up like once, like once for the week. And it, that, you know, hundred to 200 gallon tank would probably last me all week. But, um, at, at any rate, they, they let me use the water, you know, for the, for the things that I use it for. They let me use their, their, you know, they have garbage, a garbage bin and a recycle, like a huge commercial garbage and a separate recycling bin for storage, right? Like it's not, it's not for them. It's for the storage. So when you're moving in and out and or you just need to throw things away, you can throw them in there. They just ask that obviously you don't um, throw things away that you're not supposed to throw things. They're not supposed to throw away like tires and matches, you know, the usual stuff. There's like stickers on all these garbages, commercial garbages everywhere you go, you know, parking lots for shopping centers and grocery stores. Like it's the same deal. Like there's certain things that you're not allowed to throw away in those garbages. You got to take them to like a recycling center or somewhere or whatever. But so, but if you're just throwing away like legit, just garbage, and in my case, it's shrub trimmings or leaves or, you know, whatever miscellaneous, you know, grass clippings, you know, sometimes if we have to bag them, which is very few and far between, like I can bag that stuff and throw it in the, in the garbage, you know, like as long as I'm not filling up the entire thing with it all, which that's not normally the case. We normally only do two to three shrub trimming jobs a day because they're so tedious and take so long and just, just a lot of bushes but the clippings, you know, because we do it several times a year, it, it's not like you're cutting off a ton. I mean, it does accumulate and add up when, you know, for one yard, you're using multiple bags. But if we're only doing, you know, three or four yards, I mean, you know, you're talking two, four, six, eight, you know, maybe eight bags max, you know, uh, um, you know, two per house uh, on average. So, you know, worst case scenario, when that's been the case, I dump like four one day and then four the next day or, you know, I wait for them for garbage day to come and they empty it. And then I dump the other four. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of flexibility there. At least I don't have to worry about going to the dump and paying for that. Right. Like I'm already paying for the storage unit and I just get to utilize those facilities. So I get to throw those things out for free. Granted, I'm paying for garbage bags, but the price per bag, whatever, however many cents that is, I forgot, you know, it's been a while since I calculated all that. 
However, since it is per bag, 50 bags per box, all that stuff, when you break it all down, you divide it all up. That's how you get your, you know, how much per bag, you know, that, that is, that's still a ton of savings than going to the, you know, the, the dump or wherever to, you know, spend 30 bucks or whatever it is for the minimum load. I know some people have different situations, you know, they use their resident, you know, sticker or card and they can go dump for free in certain counties and certain places and whatever. But in my situation, that's not the case here in this county and where I live. Um, you know, we have to pay even to go to the local recycling center, which is what they actually call the dump. And they really crack down on that and make contractors fill out all these forms and um, have to pay, you know, you know, different amounts and only can dump a certain amount of things on certain days at certain locations. And it was crazy. It's a lot of hoop jumping that it, so I just gave up on that. I used to do that a lot when I first started because it was like seven bucks to dump like anything. So I'd be, you know, any debris, branches, limbs. So when I was pruning shrubs or leaf season, you know, any of that stuff, any kind of cleanups or whatever throughout the year, I would just throw everything in my open trailer on the tarp and I would go to the dump and pull it out and, and I'd be on my way. So, you know, then there's the evolution of that too, right? You know, the more stuff you got to do, the more you have to realize, you know, is this working out? And then the, you know, the dump just kind of made the decision for us by, you know, cracking down on us and doing all this stuff. So, cause it's supposed to just be for residents really. So they were like, well, there's so many contractors still trying to come here. Let's, let's just make them pay for it. Let's, let's try and profit off of this. Toro's brand new battery-powered Revolution Series products are changing the lawn care industry. With all-day runtime from the innovative Hypercell battery system, you can expect to power through your entire day, every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations. Or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. What's going on, guys? Come join us this year at Pod Row at the huge convention in Nashville, Tennessee on August 24th and 25th. Come hang out with myself, Paul Jameson from the Green Street Podcast, John Pajak with Profits by Pajak, and many more at Pod Row. Share your story on our podcast and network with great speakers and successful entrepreneurs. Click the link in the episode description and get $25 off registration with code PODCAST. See you there. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1,500 to 3,500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. I stopped going there, so the next, you know, the actual commercial, the contractor places to dump are usually like mulch yards and stuff, and, and, and they charge a decent amount for you to dump your stuff, just for them to then turn around and recycle it and turn it into, into mulch and compost and all that, and then charge you to buy your mulch and compost back, you know, which was all your debris. Because, of course, you know, they, they, they took the time and the money, the machinery to 
scoop it and chip away, you know, chip it and then spread it and, you know, whatever, like to process it all down to compost or into mulch, you know, of course that takes time and money and, and, and equipment. I get that, but it's just, it's funny to me. It's like you're paying a dump and then you're paying to get it back or whatever and in, in, in a different form. But any rate, I, I try to avoid that as well. So I, I'm happy paying a little bit more, you know, per month in the different things in storage to rent, you know, units, parking spaces versus some of the other um, storage units I looked at to have the convenience of the location of it being super close by to my house, to my service area, to the equipment dealer, now to gather shared workspace, all these things, the self-service car wash, I can clean anything, you know, the mowers, the truck trailer, all that stuff, oil change. It's all about location. I mean, that's what they say in real estate, right? Location, location, location. So to me, it was it's worth it to have nice folks that work there that never give me a hard time. And, you know, they're always friendly. And if I ever have any questions, you know, whatever, and they're, they're cool. Um, there's been times where, where I've, I've moved around several times when I first moved into the storage unit, I got whatever unit I got, um, like this, like their biggest unit. And I was just backing my trailer into it just like I did in my garage. So I just kind of like replicated that initially because I didn't really know anything else to do. I was just trying to feel it out. So that's what I was doing, but there's still tons of room for me to put like my aerator in it. And it was literally like my, my garage, our garage at the townhouse, but with nothing in it. Like it didn't have kids bikes and workout equipment and, you know, all the personal stuff. It was just empty. So I was able to just fill it up with my lawn care stuff and back my trailer straight in there, unhook it, close it just like I was doing before. But then eventually I outgrew my five by 10 open trailer and I'm like, well, do I keep this trailer? And then I have to pay for a parking spot just to have this trailer. Am I really going to use it? How often am I going to use it? I don't do mulch that much. I can just rent a trailer, you know, for mulch season, um, which is what I did uh, for a short time there. And, you know, I, 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 I wanted to get a bigger trailer. And then I went, started looking into enclosed versus open. And that's a whole another episode for another day. I, that, that is actually an episode that I believe I did. Let me double check real quick. Yes, that's episode 144. If you're on Spotify and you could just, or if you're on anything, I'm sorry, if you're on Spotify, you could have just searched, you just type in trailer in, in the uh, search bar up at the top when you're actually in my, in my, uh, on my podcast, like you probably are now listening to it. Um, but it's episode 144 for any other, you know, podcast apps, Apple and, and so on Google, you can just scroll down to episode 144. Or if there's a search, you can type in episode 144 or type in trailers and it'll come up. But anyway, I have a whole episode dedicated to, you know, let's talk trailers, um, is, is the title of the episode. So I don't, I don't need to go into all that, but if you're curious about that, my perspective and the evolution of trailers and, and everything for myself, I have a whole episode dedicated to that. But so I, I, I decided to get an open, uh, an enclosed trailer and move out of that storage unit and then get a parking space. So I like significantly reduced my monthly bill, my monthly rent storage, because I went from this huge storage unit to just a parking space. Um, and again, I, I put some stuff, unfortunately, I put all those, you know, things like a snowblower eventually I got, and like I said, I had the aerator, like those kind of things I put back in our, in our, our new garage and our new house, but at least my wife was still able, had plenty of room to park. Cause again, it was a two car garage. 
But again, it is kind of tight for two cars, but you know, it's more than enough space, <clears throat> more than enough space, excuse me, for, for her car and all the other stuff, like my work stuff and all of our personal stuff, bikes and, and all the things that I, that I keep mentioning. Um, so I did that for a little while and saved a lot of money, like I said, and then I, you know, kept growing my business, needing more equipment. You know, I got a second mower so I could have a backup mower or just an, and just two mowers when we have the bigger properties and so on. Um, you know, so I just started kind of, you know, all the wheelbarrows I started accumulating for mulch season, like all these different things, instead of cramming them in my garage, I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll get a tiny little storage unit. So I got like the small storage unit that they had and I just kind of piled some whatever that kind of stuff I could fit in there. Then that grew to a bigger unit because I got more and more stuff. So <clears throat> over, over the time, those, uh, those things moved and evolved as well because they, they, they were all just kind of like scattered around, like, um, that the, the parking space was close to the initial, um, storage unit that I had, but then, um, you know, the small unit that I, that I got was somewhere else, like on, uh, in a totally different section. So I'm just, was, you know, going back and forth. And, um, I saw this one section of storage that, looked better for me to park because where I was parking was just super awkward. And, you know, I had to navigate a lot of things and there's always people in the way. And it took me a lot longer to, you know, uh, hook up and leave in the morning and unhook and leave, um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it was, it was just, it's just extra tedious stuff. So I saw like along the fence on one side, the perimeter of the storage unit that there was like a couple of things parked over there. And but there was a lot of space too. So I asked about it and they're like, yeah, we're only utilizing, you know, part of that because we need, you know, room for the garbage trucks to be able to come down the aisle and swing around and, and get in there to get the garbage can. So if there's things parked down, down there, any further down there, then they wouldn't be able to swing in there. So we kind of, we, we just, you know, crossed this, uh, took these, this space off the, off the list. So it's just what you see those couple of spots, you know, and I was like, well, if those ever open up, I would love to be able to move over there, you know, or, or I'm not even sure if I came up with this idea or if they did, but, um, somehow another, someone said, you know, or, or if, you know, um, they want to potentially switch with me, that'd be cool too. You know, like, so, but what ended up happening was, you know, they asked the, per one of the people that was there, had their boat parked over there and they asked if they wanted to switch with me. And that person was super excited and said, I would love to actually, because, you know, over on the perimeter by the fence, there's trees on the other side. So there'd be like debris and stuff whenever it's windy or rains and blah, blah, blah. So things would just like fall off and be like all on the person's boat. And even though it has had a cover, I don't know, I guess this person was super particular about that. And they were, they were happy to be able to move the boat away from the trees and in the, other spot in the spot that I had, which was more of a central location in between all the different buildings and whatnot. So that worked out. So I moved, you know, we swapped spots and now I was over there. So I kind of had my own little like kind of section over there. Cause like no one else parked on the whole rest of that fence or, you know, like any, any more than that was already there. So there was like a section of the fence, like in front of me, you know, a long section that, that was never being utilized. And, 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 and it was only, you know, the garbage only came once garbage and recycling only came once a week. So, I mean, there, I, I basically, I had that whole section to myself, not to like, 
you know, keep my, not to park more stuff than, than what I was paying for. But like every time I was doing maintenance, I could just pull my, you know, my trailer forward. So I had room in between my trailer and the other people's stuff and I could unload. And so I just had that whole space to kind of sprawl out and work on things. And, and then, you know, of course, when I was done, I would just back everything back up into my actual spot so that if it, you know, if it was garbage day, the garbage trucks would come in. And if the off chances that I was doing all that and the garbage trucks did come, I just kind of packed up, did what I had to do, packed up what I had to pack up real quick to just move out the way. Like if I had to, you know, lift up my uh, trailer tailgate and whatever, move a couple quick mowers out the way or something. I just did that real quick and backed up and then they swung in there and got their stuff. And then I went back to where I was and finished what I was doing. But so, there, so, so that was kind of like a, a, a natural progression. And then I was still trying to find closer storage units. So I would constantly be eyeballing all of the storage units in, in that general area. And whenever I saw one empty, I would ask about it. And also I kept telling them about my intentions, like, Hey, if anything opens up, I'd really love a 10 by 10 or what, whatever it was, you know, and, and, and there's various sizes for various things over the years. Um, and this all started like in 2016 It's 2023 now. So seven years. So over the last seven years has been like this whole evolution to where now I have, uh, I just recently made another adjustment, but for a few years I had, I finally had, you know, all of the storage, all of my storage units, I say all because I had several all in the same row right across from my parking spot. So it was like, I had like my own section. Of course, there's plenty of other units for other people, but you know, I have my own spot for the most part. Every now and again, somebody would show up, you know, like to get their stuff or do whatever, um, you know, when I was there as well. But for the most part, I was just kind of just doing my thing all by myself, show up in the morning, do our stuff. It was almost like having your own mini shop because it was like your own space, your own lane, your own parking spot. So I had two big units and one small unit. So I had three units because I had, you know, mowers, trimmers, blowers, like just all the stuff that I've accumulated, you know, rakes, shovels, wheelbarrows, uh, attachments for my Toro multi-force, um, grandstand, um, you know, push mowers, you know, bags and ba baggers and bags. That, and when I'm not using them, like just so many, you know, the aerator, like I said, all these things. And I just had them kind of separated in, in, in each unit. You know, I had like the lawn mowing stuff in one unit, I had all the landscaping stuff, attachments for the mower, you know, all that kind of stuff was in, <clears throat> excuse me, in another unit. And then I had the third unit was all my turf stuff. Cause I eventually had got a, a, a ride on spreader sprayer, a ride on aerator, still had the walk behind aerator, um, a regular, you know, let's go walk behind spreader. So I just put all that into the smaller unit and now it's just kind of like my turf care unit and that, you know, any spare bags of seed left over, I'd put in, I'd stack them in there or fertilizer, you know, I, I'd buy some in advance and just keep them in there. Whenever I was doing treatments, grab a few bags at a time and lo load them up out of there. Um, so that's how I did that. But that, 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 that got pretty expensive. And then they raised all the prices, which they hadn't raised prices in the entire time I was there. So like the seven years I was there, they never raised the prices, which was amazing, but also kind of, you know, sad, I guess. Right. Cause you know, we're always talking about, you know, raise your, raise your prices, you know, like know your worth and all that. So I, I benefited from them not doing that, but I mean, you know, they probably should have done that a long time ago from a business standpoint. So, you know, I, 
I realized I didn't need all those units anymore. You know, I have my enclosed trailer and all that. And um, another, the other spot that was the only other spot that was available on that fence side with me opened up. And I immediately saw that it was empty for longer than like a day. It was like, I don't know, a week or something went by. And then I just asked, again, I asked the storage people like, hey, um, did those people move out? And they're like, yeah, yeah, they did actually. Um, but someone else is going in there, but they're only going to be temporary. They, they're parking their park, parking a car, I guess, while they're going to be out of town or something. And, um, you know, that for, for like a month or something, they're going to like Canada for like a month or something. I'm like, huh. And this is over the winter. I was like, that's interesting, but okay. So, um, you know, but they, but they were like, well, but we'll put you on the list. So as soon as they move out, you know, that, that spot's yours. And I'm like, sweet. So that, that month that that car sat there turned to like two months, unfortunately, but whatever it was, it was still the off season, but spring, spring came and they were still there. And I'm like, okay, it'd be really cool to have, have this spot now. You know, I was having this all planned out, wanted to get all this switched around, reorganized, you know, condense my storage units down by, by one. So only have two units instead of three, which means I have to move stuff around, move stuff out, shift things around in the parking spots kind of came along with that whole plan. So I was kind of getting a little, little, uh, um, anxious about it, but they've, they eventually f- moved and, you know, moved out of that spot. And, uh, I got that spot. So now I have two parking spaces, which is really cool because, you know, we employees can park there, can park the truck and trailer there, like all that kind of stuff. A lot more space to work with outside space, you know, and then I have two, two units, two big units, um, that hold all the stuff that we're not using from day to day, all the backups for backups and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's that's pretty much the evolution of my storage unit from start to finish and where I'm at currently right now. Um, I did I did uh, uh, mention or allude to or tease or whatever a friend of mine, Charles Nelson with Stepping Stone Landscaping here in the Richmond area, he... Um, he went from, I'm not sure if he was ever in his house or not. I don't know if he started at a storage unit right out the gate, but you know, he started small like everybody else. Um, I think solo or, you know, a a, a guy or two or something like that. I I know he had a partner when he first started as well, which he doesn't anymore. Um, so I'm not sure exactly if they started with storage or not, but regardless, he, he was in storage the majority of the time that I knew him he was accumulating storage units just like I started to do, but his company grew to multiple crews over those years. Um, and he just had multiple storage units. You know, it's almost like, you know, I think he fit a couple of crews in each storage unit, like, you know, like their setup, you know, all their mowers and their, their trimmers and blowers. And he had it all numbered and or, super organized. Unfortunately, I don't have the YouTube video out yet at the time of this recording, but I'm getting back into, uh, making fresh content and going in the backlogs of all of my, all of the, the, uh, um, video files, all of the, you know, the, the videos that I've recorded that have just been sitting on my laptop for so long. Cause I've just been so busy with so many things and really just been consistent with this podcast. Cause it's been the easiest thing for me to, to stay consistent with, because I have Mr. Producer to help keep me accountable and do most of the work on the back half. I just have to sit here and record this try and stay on point and not go down too many rabbit holes <laughs> and, um, and just send him the, the file for him to, you know, clean it up a little bit, make it sound extra great, put in some, some promos, whatever intros, outros, all that stuff. And then I can upload it and we're good to go. So 
if I had to do all that myself, I probably wouldn't have had a podcast. I, I wanted a podcast for a long time, but I just didn't have that the bandwidth for that. But when Mr. Producer became a thing and started helping Paul with his podcast, the Green Street Podcast, and then Brian Fullerton with the Fullerton Unfiltered Podcast, and I'm like, hey, can I be the third one? Can I be a part of this? And you know, we talked we talked about it, and boom, now now it's just like a thing. At the time, it was kind of just like a side hustle for Mr. Producer, but <clears throat> because he's doing a whole bunch of other things at the radio station that Paul used to work at. He was like an assistant manager and sound engineer and did voiceover work. And he's been in the business for a long time, which is why he's so great. Why is that's why he's the best in the biz. Right. So having him, the, the ability to work with him, you know, was, was a game changer for me. And, and now he's, he just does so many other podcasts, you know, in, in, in our industry, as well as all kinds of other spaces where people are reaching out to him for podcasts. So he's, He's our, you know, like doing a lot of, a lot of work now. It's really, um, it's really come a long way. So that's pretty cool as well, but I need to get back on track with, uh, YouTube and all that. But so anyway, I don't have the video, unfortunately for you to, to reference to, to go watch it, but I did record all this stuff. So there will be a video soon. So go to the long care rookie YouTube channel, click subscribe, click the notification bell so that when that video does come out, you can, you can watch it. It's actually gonna be two separate videos. One is the whole storage tour of all of his storage units, the whole, his whole story there, which I won't even bother going into now because I have the video that will come out. Um, the whole evolution and, and why and all that and the organization, which is pretty epic in my opinion, a lot, a lot of ideas it gave me and hopefully will give you guys. Um, and then, you know, he's in, in that video, he is talking about moving out to go into a shop because he outgrew the storage. He just had so many storage units. And I think he said, don't quote me on this, on the number, but I think he said, he told himself that when he got to up to $2,000, I believe it was in rent every month for storage, he was going to look for a shop because it just seemed like such a waste of money or whatever exactly he said. Um, I believe that was one of the reasons um, to put all that money into a storage, you know, unit to pay someone else versus paying, you know, on, on a, a shop that he can just have a lot more freedom to do things the way he wants. And, you know, his storage unit was not nearly as nice and, and consider it as, as my storage unit, they were always giving him a hard time. They were raising the rates like every other week. It seemed like, I think it was like every month. And, you know, he tried to be as, as, as considerate as possible. You know, they, they all came in super early and then left and they were gone all day. And then, you know, didn't, you know, cleaned up after themselves, didn't leave a trace, came back at the end of the day, did the same thing. Like they, you know, they, they were just like, you know, like, uh, they were like ninjas in there, you know, like they, they just kind of came in and out and no one even knew they were there, but, and they were hardly even there. Only when you saw their, the trucks and trailers that they weren't using or at the end of the day, but it was off, you know, in the parking area where everything's supposed to be parked. Like, you know, but for some reason they just gave him a hard time, which made it, <clears throat> made it even worse for him to be paying all that money to be there and all that. So eventually he found a shop and it's a sweet shop, man. It is. And it's, it reminds me of my setup here where it's all about location, location, his shop is located to a lot of things. Like the, I think the mulch yard is right down, like literally on the same road. There's a, what is it? Um, um, I think it's like a tractor supply or something along those lines type store. That's literally right, right next to him. Like you can see it from his parking lot, um, which, so he has a parking lot. Like it's, it's kind of, it's a shared building. I think there's like a, maybe it's like a, a, a big building, like split in half, maybe I believe, but it's a, a big building, 
there's a front half and the back half. He's got the back half and part of the side. I mean, I mean, there's this cool area outside around the corners, kind of back and fenced in where there's like a grill and, and picnic tables. So he can like have these cool cookouts and stuff for, for his team. And, you know, if they want to take breaks, uh, plenty of room to plenty of parking area to park the, the employees to park, as well as to park all the trucks and trailers. The shop itself is huge. He's like, man, this is, I'm I'm going to, you know, this is something I, I'm going to need to grow into or that I'll be able to grow into, which is great. You know, he just had so many, he was already like, there's just so much space and, and he's been utilizing it really well. He's got an office. There's an office in there, a bathroom. I mean, so many things. It's, it's great. Like when you talk about a shop, that's a shop. And that's a separate video that I recorded also after he moved into that and kind of got acclimated to it. I went back, we recorded a podcast and I shot a whole uh, video there as well, which is also not on YouTube yet. So I need to get on top of those and, and, and bang those out. But that was his evolution because his business outgrew storage or, I mean, it didn't necessarily outgrow, but you know, like how many storage units are you going to have? I think he was up to like seven storage units. Um, and I've known other people like Marvin Salcedo with Salcedo Lawns down in Tyler, Texas. I've interviewed him a couple of times in the podcast and he does have, I do have the videos up on my YouTube channel of him on get to know the pro. So if you go to get, uh, go to the lawn care rookie on YouTube, go to playlists, click on get to know the pro season two or get to know the pro 2.0. I forgot which, which it is that I titled it. Um, and there's only a few episodes on there because as I was filming it, COVID happened, you know, the pandemic and the world shut down literally when I got back from Texas, um, in February, March, the next month, everything shut the whole world literally shut down. So that was, that was my last trip was to see Marvin, but I had, you know, a bunch of different videos to, to edit and put up. And his was the last one in the series, unfortunately. Um, but you can look at that one and see his storage units. He had probably close to the same. He had maybe five to seven storage units as well in, in a unique kind of storage facility. It's not the same kind of storage facility that I'm in and that Charles was in. It's a little bit more unique. It's almost more like a shop kind of feel, but it's still technically like storage units, but they're really big. So he had like, you know, mechanic shop and an office space and a break room inside the units. And then he just took like the walls down or took the doors out or something, I think in between them all, cause he had them all next to each other. So this way it almost felt like a shop, you know, with some walls in between. So you, but you could just walk in between all of them uh, casually to get stuff and do whatever you got to do. And then roll up the, the big, you know, garage doors and all the trucks can roll out. So everything just pulled right in there and just parked. And so you can't really do that in the storage units that we have. Um, so that's, it's a little bit more unique, but again, for visuals, you can check that out on my YouTube channel. Um, but he, he also, and he was approaching or had, was just hitting a million dollars in revenue at that point. And he was like, yeah, we, we're definitely outgrowing this place. Like we're going to need an actual shop. Um, and now they're, you know, like I think double that now in revenue and they found a nice shop, which is Epic, which is another video that is also on YouTube. Fortunately, I got those two videos on YouTube, so you can check that out. Uh, I don't think there's a playlist for the, for the newest video, but I haven't been making a ton of videos recently so that it, you don't have to scroll too far before you find that video with uh, Marvin Salcedo with Salcedo lawns. Um, just look for the big old green trucks on the thumbnail. And that's, that's Salcedo right there. Salcedo green, he calls it. So, but you know, we talked about him buying his competitors. He bought a landscape company 
um, a local landscape company and, and, and uh, a mechanic shop down the road. So he owns three businesses or at that time owned three businesses. He might own even more now. I don't know. But so he, he's just really growing and doing a lot of things. So he, he obviously needed a shop. So I, I know plenty of people that have run like, like Marvin, you know, up to million dollar businesses out of a storage, out of many storage units. But I think, you know, that's, ultimately you that can only last so long i think when you get to that point you really need to look for a shop like charles and marvin and so on so that's my evolution personally and then sharing some some stories from some of my peers and mentors and and what they did for for um their storage and the evolution of of storage to shop and all that kind of stuff for their business so hopefully this is helpful to anyone that's either in the midst of all this or you're just starting out and this is kind of good food for thought to prepare and plan for for the future maybe you're not sure what you should do you're you're, you're working on your house or you're at story you're in a storage what should you do whatever so you know just wanted to share share that whole thing there with you guys because you know that's that's what we do here on lcr media lcr media podcast we we share to help each other grow personally and professionally um so we can just crush it so I thank you guys for listening as always. And thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Long Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.